four for four, Jen. We are back and we are ready to rock and roll. We did it. Consistency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, we're getting messages already. Let's bring this right on screen right away. Irene, yes, love the intro music. That's right. This is who I am. That's a cool song that I got from, uh, anyways, the worldwide interwebs. That's where it came from. <laughs> very good. Very good. Jen, what do you say we roll the intro video? Let's do it. All right. I love that every time. That's so fun. <laughs> I don't know. It's so good. Where'd we get that? I don't know, but I, I like I like our sources. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, very good, very good. So we got lots in store for you today, and a couple of two, a couple of two is I don't even know if that's a right sentence. <laughs> two new features. That's what I'm trying to say. Two new segments and uh, that's pretty cool. So we're gonna do something a little bit different this week, and we got something called the market mashup, which is exactly what it sounds like. And we've also got, what would you do? So we got a couple of, or I think one scenario and, and we're gonna dive deep into that as you know, time permitting and, and we'll have some fun with that, Jen. It's all good. Yeah. Though. It's all good. So uh, we've got an awesome guest sitting in what we're gonna call the inter green room, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, Jen, why don't you do us a favor and tell us all about our guest that we're gonna bring on. Yeah, our guest is a rock star. Not only is she a sweetheart, um, but she's killing it in the real estate market. She's part of an awesome team and a leader within that team. She's not a brand new agent. She's been doing it a couple of years, but for the level that she's at, she's just on fire. She's a social media guru as well, which is something that I love to learn about from her. And uh, yeah, I guess what more can we say about Stevie Susie? <laughs> That's it. There she is smiling at all. Hey Stevie, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Very good. Very good. So we got chatting before uh, before the show here, and uh, you're trying something new in social media, and I love it. So check this out, Jen. She's like, I don't know, Gary, if you saw my latest TikTok video, and I knew we were bringing Stevie on because she she looks at social media uh, a little bit differently, and she uses it to their the team's advantage that she's a part of, and uses it amazing. And I'm thinking, okay, cool, yeah, like. TikTok, whatever my kids use it and and other <laughs> agents use it and and i'm thinking she's gonna tell me like she got like five thousand views i'm thinking she's gonna tell me she got fifty thousand views maybe a hundred thousand stevie <laughs> how many views did you just receive on your latest TikTok video um it's currently sitting at 1.1 million <laughs> Wait, I wanted, I wanted this, and I couldn't cue it up in time. <laughs> and applause, and everything else. Okay, say that again. Yeah, so one point one million and growing. And growing, that is that is crazy. So if you're not following Stevie on TikTok, how do people follow you on TikTok? Um, just go to TikTok and type in Stevie Susie. My username is just Stevie Susie, no space. Done. Done, done, done. So I haven't even looked at it yet. I have no idea what it is, but I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> I know, I'm gonna immediately go watch it after we're done here. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Here's the problem, Jim. We just lost like everybody that's going to watch the rest of the show because they're all they they're all, all on it. <laughs> okay, we got people <laughs> saying hi everywhere. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Jackie. This is amazing. I like. Okay, let's talk about TikTok because Jen and I we talked about it a little bit last week and okay. and and we were saying basically the moral of the story was you know own the platform that you're on and and own that one platform yeah so and you've owned i don't want to say owned but you've done fantastically amazing with with uh instagram and people can follow you there as well and we'll bring up that that link in a second but um tell us about tiktok how are you leveraging that right now or having fun with it like what is it yeah so i i just i actually just started posting on tiktok like only a few days ago which is why it's so crazy that that video blew up so much um but i pretty much just started doing the same stuff that i already do on facebook and instagram which is just educational style real estate videos um and i just started doing that on tiktok and the reason i even started because i actually didn't have much interest in tiktok i kind of just like to watch for fun um but i thought you know what this is kind of all the hype right now it's it's the new platform it's getting a lot of attention um so why not? Like I just kind of see an opportunity here. I'm already doing it on every other platform, so why not? And I did it, and it's just it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like crazy. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Yeah. And how long did it take you to make the video that that's at that level of viewings? Um, it not very long. It took me honestly. It took me longer to figure out like how to actually edit the video on because you know on certain things to put like a caption on it or to put some text on it or whatever um i was new to posting on tiktok so i didn't really know how to do that but you know you just play around with it and you figure it out but it didn't take me long i recorded the video i started posting um topics that i've already talked about on facebook and instagram and stuff so it was nothing new um just on a new platform and yeah so it probably took me a total of like 10 minutes to record and post and uh, yeah, I've, I've got a couple of them up there, but one one took off more than the rest. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh man, that's so cool. And your your journey with social media has been pretty pretty fascinating to watch, just because I know you were always kind of utilizing it within your business and focusing on it, but you've gotten a bit more purposeful about it in the last what four, five, six months or so. Um, and you've seen an uptick in referrals and in your business just based on those actions, right? So can you talk to us a little bit about what that's been like and what you've been doing to kind of leverage it? Yeah, um, so yeah, I definitely, um, I would say almost for the last year, like I really started heavily focusing on social media pretty much when the pandemic started last year. And my thoughts were kind of, I was already pretty heavy on it, but my thoughts were, right now more than ever everyone is on their phone constantly and it's a very easy way to be able to communicate with people right now um our team normally would be doing door knocking and stuff like that which we obviously weren't able to do during the pandemic which is why i turned to social media more heavily and i just started utilizing it um I, i instead of just posting on it being active on it i started trying to really use it as a form of business. So um, I started doing things like virtual door knocking, which is like messaging people and doing the same thing that I would door knocking, but via social media. 
Um, I started posting a lot more just about myself and about my life and kind of connecting with people rather than posting just about business um, and, and stuff like that. And people really, really took to that. And so, yeah, since then, I've just connected with a lot more people and I definitely do get a lot of business from it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love the term. Sorry, Jen. Uh, I love the term that you use, virtual door knocking. That's exactly yeah. what I was going right? to say. Right? Okay, good. I think, I think Stevie just coined a new like social media language phrase, virtual door knocking. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. explain. Go a little bit deeper on that because I. it's yeah. really just giving something that I think you are already doing, as you said, a label. But go a little bit deeper on that. I, I love that analogy. Yeah, so on Facebook, um, I do this, I mean, you can do it on any platform. I started doing it on Facebook. So what I would do is I would go through my friends list and I would um, literally reach out to people, maybe not like my you know friends and stuff that I talk to every day, but people that I have on my list that I see that interact on social, on Facebook a lot and whatever. And I would shoot them a message, pretty much just saying like, hey, not sure if you know, I'm a realtor. Um, I'm just doing some virtual door knocking right now. Just like checking in with you to see if you have any real estate plans at all for this year. Or do you know someone that does? Pretty much the same script that you would have if you were, you know, cold calling or going to the door. But I would just do it, um, you know, online. And what I started doing was I'd go through my friends list and then I would do, I'm in a couple groups on Facebook. So I'm in a simple landing buddies group, which is simple landing is the neighborhood that I actually live in. So they are actually my neighbors. And I started adding people from that group, specifically messaging them and saying like, hey, uh, I'm a realtor, but I'm also your neighbor. And you know, just wanna know if you have any real estate plans and so on and so forth. And I'm in a couple groups and I always keep track of people who are really vocal in those groups, uh, people that are very interactive. Those are definitely ones who I reach out to because even if they're not thinking of doing something, they're generally gonna be the type that will either refer you or recommend you because they're very like vocal. So um, yeah. I love that because that's a great strategy, you know, befriend the influencers, right? In in a sense, and, and, and maybe look for opportunities to Stevie to, to, you know, how, how can you add value to their lives or, or, or if they're also business owners and so forth, right? That, that's, that's a smart, very smart thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Love it. Virtual door knocking. That's, I, that might be my new phrase. I know. We, might, we might as well just go home, Gary, because that's the best thing we're going to hear today. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh nice. So, Stevie, how, going forward, like, what are you looking at? To, how are you looking at, at, say, Instagram or even TikTok? Like, how are those two worlds colliding with, call it, real life prospecting meaning you know sitting down and grabbing a coffee or somebody or with somebody like how do how do you make those two worlds collide yeah so i i always tell people that um obviously we know lead generation like we're in the lead generation business and once you get a lead however you get it so whether that's social media door knocking cold calling um i then treat a lead the same way so I'm basically just choosing to use my social media platforms as my form of lead gen. So it's getting that yes conversation, getting that person that says, hey, I'm thinking about doing something. And once I get that lead, I treat it the same way that I would any of any other thing. So it's getting their information and it's following up with them. So whether that means I'm just continuing to stay in touch with them through social media 
or I am, you know, calling them or emailing them, whatever it is, after I get that lead, I treat it the exact same way. So um, that's really all I'm doing on TikTok and, um, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all that. The difference I would say is that by being on those and growing a following, it kind of, I, I like the fact that I can give people a little bit more of like a real raw look into like what real estate is actually like behind the scenes. And um, it just, it allows for more connection. And on top of that, having these people following me and me posting consistently, it's also like a touch all the time. You know, it might not be a super meaningful one all the time because it's not, if I'm not reaching out to them directly, but by them seeing me and seeing my face and seeing my content every single day, it's like I'm always front of mind, right? So it helps, you know, build those connections and get those leads easier. I'm so happy you said that because a lot of people will, even if we look at um, paid advertising on, on some of those social media platforms as well, as well, they didn't click my ad or they didn't click my post or like my post, but they saw yeah. it, right? And, and it's that, yeah. as Jen said at the top here, is the consistency of keeping keeping that, that, that habit or creating a habit so it's consistent, right? And, and sometimes it's just the, Stevie's post went by, like, oh yeah, I got to message her. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Like, like those yeah. things, it, it all builds up, right? It's all that snowball effect. Now that's really, really cool. So, yeah. no, go ahead. It looked like you had a comment I, there. I was just going to say too, and I, I do feel like there is sort of a perception also on social media. Like I, I've always said to especially new agents, social media is one of the um, easiest ways to fake like looking like you're busy. Like people don't know the difference. Um, they really don't and you can you can really put on this persona that you're a very successful agent Maybe even if you aren't quite there yet um, But it just people want to work with successful people, right? They, they don't want to work necessarily with the newbie not saying that you know people don't give the newbie a chance but um, you know When you begin in social media, maybe you don't have any clients You don't have anything going on you can literally book a you know a agent preview at a house and go do a little highlight and say you know I'm showing clients a house even if you're not and no one would ever know. So it's just a, a good way also to use it to your advantage to, um, you know, sort of put on the persona of who you are as a realtor. Yeah, mm -hmm. so true. Yeah, go ahead, Jen. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, um, Stevie had mentioned earlier about when she couldn't door knock anymore. And so she went to social media and treated it like door knocking. Um, and you know, that's the beauty of social media is that you can make it whatever you want it to be, right? So for the betterment and the worst sometimes, it can be, you know, a double-edged sword. But when you think about it creatively and you look at, you know, what's, what Stevie did and, and go, okay, how do I continue doing what I'm doing, but just in a different format? I'm not gonna change my script. I'm not gonna change my process. I'm just gonna change how I talk to the person. Um, and, and that was extremely clever to make that shift as quickly as she did. But then also, you know, for the newer agents that she's referencing, just looking at it and going, okay, you know what? I don't know a lot of people right now. So how do I talk to more people? Ways that I can creatively do that. And then how do I make myself look a certain way in order to e e emphasize the points where, that you want to emphasize, right? Because that's what social media lets us do as well. And, and it's, a, it's a great tip to give to anybody who's new in the industry because that's where the people are realistically right now, right? It's the easiest route to get to the most people in the least amount of time. So utilizing it however you choose to is is gotta be a part of your business plan, for sure. For sure. It's also free advertising. 
you know, right. in the beginning when you're trying to keep costs low or, you know, your whole career, try to keep costs low and social media is free advertising. So why would you not? Yeah. yeah I yeah, love it's it. Amazing. Even your team, like we've, I've, I've seen the difference in just like the, the amount of content and everybody sharing and like um, seeing the branding everywhere. And you know, because I follow most of you guys, you know, I see the same like sold, sold, sold from yeah. like Michael and Riley and AJ and yourself and Tammy and I that, but I'm thinking about that reach, like what that must be like, because you guys all have your own independent followings and, and, and groups. Right. And so yeah. it's just, uh, it's phenomenal to, to see it happen. And I mean, the, the evidence is there, like the, the Rope Alcorn team is doing amazing, right? And, and growing and doing all those awesome things. And, and it's, you know, it's not just because of this, but it's certainly kept you moving forward and having record years during a pandemic, which, you know, is a, is a huge, a huge thing to be able to say. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good, Stevie. Uh, so if you want to go watch Stevie's TikTok of over a million views and <laughs> 24 hours or less, go watch it. Stevie Susie, search her there. And of course on Instagram. And uh, we appreciate you jumping on the call with us today. And uh, that was a nice little surprise to drop at right at the beginning. One over 1 million yeah. views. I love it. I love it. Keep up the great work, Stevie. We love seeing your stuff and, and have uh, continued success in 2021. Thank you. Thanks for having me guys. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Stevie Susie, there you, how, how do you like that? Over a million views. You're like, what? Say that again. Yeah, I was floored, man. I was like, I was, when you said like over 50,000, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I didn't think you were going to hit a million. <laughs> that was wild. Oh man, that's amazing. Good for her. I love it. I, I know she did a, a video last week on Instagram pretending to do like um it was a farce on showings right and that was pretty like i laughed pretty hard at that so um you know if it's anything like that i'm sure she's gonna have a, a pretty great instagram and tiktok career ahead of her so i did not know she was that comedian much of a comedian but if you haven't <laughs> seen it yet go check it out because that one's pretty funny too and, and that's neat that you mentioned that i you know realtors i find high behind the social media life is perfect or i'm this <laughs> perfect professional where we yeah. all know <laughs> we all know that that's not the case and and use some of these platforms to allow your personality to come out and because mm -hmm. that's what people latch on to wouldn't you say jen is, is the personality right a hundred percent i mean I, I was just chatting with another agent and she's pretty um active on social media as well and she was just sharing with me a comment from somebody who's been following her for you know, a couple of years, never reached out to her before, but she posted a video today and whatever it was in that video, I haven't had a chance to watch the actual video. The person messaged her directly and just said, you're an inspiration to me. And, you know, you should be talking to newer agents and helping them. I've watched your journey and your career. And like, she was like, I'm bawling. I didn't even know this person was, you know, following me. And now here they are reaching out. So being yourself and being authentic and letting people in. And Stevie mentioned that too, right? Just sharing her own story more that's what's creating, you know, the the buzz a little bit as well. And people feel that they know you. And a lot of people are afraid to do that. They're worried Absolutely. if they do that, people are going to judge them. And, and it's the exact opposite result. They actually lean in because they can relate, right? Yeah, that's so true. I love it. I love it. Okay, moving yeah. along. We got uh, our new segment, the market mashup. So we're going to get right into that. Here comes the intro video. Watch out for the laser sounds that come out. <laughs> There we have it. 
I love our graphic guy. <laughs> I know. He's a keeper. <laughs> uh, good. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. So uh, the market mashup, this is uh, something dating back to many of you know that I um, I would host investment workshops and seminars, and it was uh, a segment during that that I or during that time I would host this market mashup and and um, I would bring you know relative news com or commentary and what's going on in the real estate market and things that you typically wouldn't associate with real estate or perhaps know how to look at it from a real estate perspective, and we thought Jen and I thought that would be good to kind of go through uh, today and just kind of bring out some highlights. So Jen, the first page I'm going to bring up here. Hopefully, hopefully this comes up and my my window's not even there, so that's okay. I'll fix that. Give me a second and I'll come right. <laughs> I'll jump on screen with you, Jen. There we go. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Justine, she's got to take off for a moment, but thanks for being with us, Justine. You can always tune in later. Tune in later, and, and we're happy to answer a lot of these questions too. And uh, this is really interesting, Jen, and I think this is something mm -hmm. that people, are, are, our realtors, not our realtors, realtors in general, don't often have the opportunity to either digest or understand. So yeah. Uh, if you look at this, Jen, this is the market watch table that Treb puts out every month and typically around the fifth to the seventh of each month, it gets updated. So in the, in the first top here, I'm looking at the December 2020. And what I'm looking at is I like being hyper local for uh -huh. my clients. And that's important. Get hyper local. If you're looking at homes in new market, don't look at all of York region. Or don't look at all yeah. of Charm Real Estate Board. That will not do anybody <laughs> any favors, any favors at all. So um, get in that. Michelle King's on online with us. Hey, Michelle. And, hey, and this is this is hyper local to new market. If you're looking at detached homes and you can see right here, it'll tell you the number of sales that happened in December. So that's 82 if you can see that. And then here's what's really most important is the number of new listings. We had 82 sales and only 62 new listings. And if you often wonder what SNLR stands for, it is simply this sales to new listings ratio. So it is 132%. That's not a healthy market. Meaning uh -uh. if you are a seller, you better get your seatbelt in because the offers are coming and they're coming fast and they're coming in multiples, multiples. There's stories last night of, of, of offers in, in Aurora at you know over 40 offers for one home. Yeah. The inventory, it does not support our market at the moment, which said differently, we need more inventory. Right. And this is this is a way to kind of look at this. So um, we're looking at the sales, the average sale price to listing price is going at 102, 106 percent uh, of the asking price. And I bet you for the month of January, that might even actually what do you think? That's probably going to increase eh, Jen, wouldn't you say? hundred percent. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would think that um, I think January, you know, especially the first half, our listing numbers were actually lower. So I would expect that our sales to uh, new listing ratio might be bigger. And I would I would think that that gap is going to get bigger to that percentage of list price to sale yeah. price. And yeah, absolutely right. And if you look at the bottom, I, I'm looking at last year. I'm looking at January from 2020 versus what's happened this year or to date this year. And if you, I, I want you to 
zone in on the average price for a detached, which is 886. And if you look at the top of the screen, it's a million thirty nine. So it's a hundred and fifty five ish thousand dollar increase. It's a 10 percent increase over 10 percent increase. That's in, in a year. That's probably about a 13 percent increase in a year. So for your yeah. your clients that aren't thinking about selling and you can't think to yourself, why would I call them? They're not going to sell. Think about this conversation, Jen. What if I was yeah. to call this buyer that bought a home last year at 886? Their their home is now worth one point, you know, a million forty ish, right? Maybe yeah. there's an opportunity for them to get, you know, some some additional financing so you can help them um, go buy an investment property or they can refinance and pay bring get access to equity. They just got a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars of new equity. Yeah. And and start yeah. teaching them some wealth practices. So there's always different ways to look at this, right? Yeah. And it also gives you the opportunity to be to be more than just an, an agent who did a transaction with them. It gives you the opportunity to educate them, like you said, and, and provide opportunities and come from saying, hey, I, I just wanted to let you know this is what you could do right now. Here's what's happening. You just make congrats. You just made one hundred thousand dollars without doing anything other than buying a house. Right. Um, and, and be that person that reaches out to them throughout the year and gives them these kinds of updates, right? That's what, there's so much value in those little touches that you might not get the now business, but you'll certainly get future business. And most likely you'll start to get more referrals. Um, and the other thing I would add to this too, is if we flip it and look at the buy end of it, if you've got buyers out there right now, we all do, and they're all having a hard time in multiples for the most part, right? taking that average sale price to listing price and showing them that and saying, because a lot of our buyers don't believe us when we say it's going to sell for this much money, even though it's listed at $899 or $999 or whatever that list price is, because they haven't experienced it. They don't, they don't know it yet. They haven't learned it. And so showing them this as an average is a great way to open their eyes to that and go, listen, these are the average stats in new markets specifically. So if we're looking for this, we can expect that we're going to have to average somewhere around this. And then obviously it, it, it will vary based on the property itself. But, um, you know, that's that's a great tool for your buyers as well as your sellers. Beautiful. Love it. OK, let's look at. Everyone's favorite, a couple more stats. So uh, I'm looking at the statistical stats uh, for new market in the month of January that was recorded during the month of January. And this is great information. So this is going to show us um, the number of active current active homes and what sells. So if we continue to look at at detached, look at the number here, 44 active listings. Mm -hmm. came out in November, uh, January, 59 sold. So again, inventory is not keeping up with demand. And there's your average price of 1.143. So that price has increased, Jen, by yeah. almost 100,000 from one month uh, in December. There's Good a story Lord. right there. <laughs> yeah. There's well, a story. If so, you're worried about calling, yeah, if you're worried about calling your December guys because you already talked to them, well, you got a hundred thousand reasons to give them another phone call, right? Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so true. Um, and this is and these stats. So if you're if you don't know how to get these stats, um, put it in the comments or or DM me and and Jen. We're happy to share that with you. Um, here's the ones for Aurora. So looking at Aurora, there was there was you know the numbers are slightly different, but the average price is 1.7. So there must have been some 
some huge home sales that happened. So what we what we tend yeah. to do is flip over to the, I, I brought this up because I wanted you to make sure you knew this. There's average price, then there's medium price. And sometimes we need to look at the medium price because that'll eliminate the very obscure ends of the spectrum. And the medium price in, in Aurora is 1.4. Uh, two five for detached homes and and look at townhouses there nine twenty five I know someone that sold their house their town home for around that Jen <laughs> yeah yeah I know someone too <laughs> yeah good <laughs> yeah yeah it's, good. the townhouse market is, is absolutely crazy in Aurora right now um, and I mean these numbers are showing that as well as the detached but if you've got people who are in a town and and are looking to make a move those would be the first people I'd be calling hundred um, percent because there's just there's just so much they're just sitting on so much equity from November to now the growth we've seen in that particular pocket has been astronomical it's yeah. been unbelievable so yeah absolutely yeah. right so the, we'll we'll kind of we I'll do a little bit more here on the stats and this is a monthly report that Terranet puts out and I know reading reports can be very very boring so congratulations um, I did it for you and um, yeah, it was boring. <laughs> However, there's always really good information in these reports if you know what to look for or how to interpret it, right? And and here's a really cool thing. So this is gonna talk about how many new mortgages were written uh, during certain months. So I'm gonna zoom this out a little bit. So mortgage registrations over the, and green, I don't know if you can see that, green is 2020. So uh, we're starting to see some more um, active, active buyers and mortgages go up uh, since the previous couple of years, which is good. You know, mm. and and here's the other really interesting thing here. So uh, how many mortgages were written? So obviously in 2017, that was the peak of 546,000 new mortgages were written uh, by all the lenders in Canada. And then it dropped off significantly. You can see that there. And and now we're, we're creeping back up and, and we're at 484,000 uh, new mortgages were written uh, last year. And if I slide over, um, there's the volume. So we're not back quite at the volume of what the value of those mortgages are, but that number, if you can't see it, is $231 billion. That's a big number, but uh, that's, wow. that's, that's always good info. And I should preface this, uh, these are stats from January to November, so there's still the month of December to get in there. Um, the other interesting thing here is, as I bring this, is where are these mortgages being written? And this was a bit of a surprise. So this is the change year over year change. So almost a 19, 20% change. Uh, people were moving to Caledon or refinancing in Caledon, Brampton, Kitchener, uh, Burlington, then Barrie, uh, 4% increase. And then you can start to see some of the decreases. Uh, Hamilton's on there at minus 11%. That was somewhat surprising because uh, we're still seeing multiple offers in the Hamilton area uh, and so forth. Uh, the other one that's really interesting, too, is who's writing these mortgages. And mm. in fast-moving environments where there's lots of stability, typically that's where we'll see the big banks and the trust companies hold all the mortgages. When it gets more volatile, yeah. we'll start to see some of the private lenders or credit unions hold more mortgages. Look at the change here, Jen, since 2018. That was a volatile year, right? After 2017, yeah. 2018. Yeah. If, if the big wow. banks and the trust companies are holding most of the mortgages, that's that adds um, stability to the market. So that's a neat way to interpret that as well. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the other one here too is uh, property type, and this should be of no no surprise. We know that condos went down year over year. There, we're starting to hear stories of them, the Toronto condos rebounding a little bit right now. And then uh, yeah. we're starting to see row uh, and semi-detached. Rows would be townhouses. I don't know why they, they just, just put townhouses there. But um, <laughs> anyway, so we're starting to see that that market um, as as we talked about kind of evolve. So anyways, that's that's the market mashup. Uh, this report, I was able to download it right from Terranet. They put it out monthly. So uh, this is obviously for the month of December. It's going to lag a little bit, but this is all good information. And this not this isn't necessarily information you're going to relay to your sellers all the time, but it's good for your knowledge yeah. and your market knowledge to understand what's going on and, and what's out there. And so look for that type of stuff. Very good. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great window into the why, right? Like when, when people are asking you, why is this going to happen? Or when people are fearing a crash is going to happen, a crash, or this is what, what we're seeing or predicting, having this data and these stats to be able to say, actually, no, that's not what we're seeing. And here's the trends. And here's why that isn't going to be a concern. And take a look at this. And that can always help us, again, going back to educate, but also alleviate some of those fears that the general public don't have answers to. And so they, they create bigger fears and bigger concerns, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Let's move on to our next segment. What would you do? So let's roll it. Beautiful. What would you do? So this is a new segment and what we're doing here is talking about a scenario and kind of understanding, you know, what, would be the best strategy or or the outcome that we're looking for in a specific situation so so jen do you remember what our situation is i do i i believe if i'm not mistaken it is um when you have just sold a property and an agent reaches out to you and requests the agents the buyer agents names and contact info for the people who didn't buy the property because they have a listing coming up and they want to contact those people. That's right. So mm -hmm. it's an interesting concept. And the first, you know, it comes around every every time there's multiple offers and the market goes up, that's when it that's when it kind of pops up. And my initial first thought, Jen, and we might have different opinions or different outlooks on this, is like, no way. I worked hard for that listing. You're not getting that information. Hmm. And then I look yeah. at it differently. <laughs> right there's there's so many different angles yeah. what's what's your first gut reaction to when you know if you if you were to get that email or phone call yeah so i've i've had it um i've had it happen and my re my reaction was probably the exact opposite of yours where i just went no okay yeah like i don't see i didn't think about it i was just like that's reasonable like i would ask that question um but as i thought about it more and obviously we've talked about it more there's a lot of different varying things you have to consider when you're making that decision. It's it's not as simple as yes or no, right? Yeah, yeah. Dina say no thanks. Yeah. And and <laughs> totally right. Like I I I get it. And and then on the flip side, okay, let's you know, I'm trying to look at it not from my own personal perspective, but you know, remove myself from the equation. And on one hand, and I think it was maybe brought up in one of our one of our group chats is um, we want our home to sell and close, obviously, right? Our listing. 
And one of the ways to help that is for another home, obviously, to close at our pricing or higher sooner than ours. That's going to help with an appraisal and everything else. So there's, mm-hmm. if me, if I'm going to share that information, does that help that outcome? I don't know. Just It's just like a never, another thought or another aspect of it, right? Yeah. And then on the flip side, again, um, you know, I know a story of, of an agent and uh, a great guy. He had an off-market listing and was on the opposite side, was looking for buyers. And so called an agent in the area where his listing was saying, hey, I have this exclusive listing. Do you can would you mind sharing that list with me? And that agent happened to have a buyer herself looking for that property. Um, and they were able to do an above market sale based on the, the pricing. You know, it's still a great deal for the seller without going to MLS. Right. So there's opportunity in every question and in, in every every way we look at it. So I guess it depends on how how do you choose to look at it? Right. Yeah. Is it a positive? Is it a negative? Are you repping the buyer? Are you repping the seller? Are there privacy concerns? I know that came up in our conversation as well. Um, you know, is there an issue with giving that information? Um, the, the, yeah, your, your mind kind of goes in a bunch of different ways, to be honest. Um, I think where I land on it is that I probably would be a little hesitant to share the content, A, because I'd be slightly concerned about privacy, uh, and B, because I kind of go, you know what, if, if you list your house and those buyers are out there, they're going to come see your house. We have less inventory than we do buyers, right? So why do you need the list? Um, but on the buy side, I would make the call and ask for it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Right? And, and maybe if you really yeah. wanted to play like um, the good cop in this scenario is before you give up anyone's contact information, ask, ask the permission right? Call up that buyer's agent and say, Hey, I know of a home that's coming up for sale around the corner. Do you mind if I share the contact info? And maybe that's the way, um, that you do it. Or, or you, you look like the shining knight and say, Hey, I'll, I'll let you know it's coming out when it comes out or, you know, whatever that looks like. But, um, the the flip side is the, the more that we can learn to work together, uh, in this industry, yeah. the better it is going to be for everyone, right? And and it's just a matter of you know protecting our clients, uh, protecting your own business as well, and and certainly helping helping others achieve that. So, yeah, it was an interesting yeah. dilemma for sure, for sure. As Jen said, if yeah. you're on the buy yeah. side, go ask because you'll never know what people say, and and sometimes you learn yeah. some pretty amazing things if you ask. <laughs> Yeah. Or you might get a deal out of it. Who knows? Right. But it's worth asking the question. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you can land in a couple of different areas on that. Do what feels good to you. What feels, you know, I know that probably for half the agents listening, the minute you said, do the work and call all the people and get their permission. It's like, oh, it's like, I'm not doing that for this other agent. Right. Why would I do that? So a lot of people probably had that same thought. Um, but yeah, it would be it would be nice to have an industry where people supported each other more and so there is that that flip side to it as well but uh i think most agents would lean on the no end of it from what we've seen so far yeah yeah exactly exactly good stuff okay we got our quick takes as always and um lots of good stuff this week so here we are we're talking about homes and bathtubs do bathtubs belong in homes <laughs> which is always a funny conversation but trust me it'll have some relevance uh sellers at open houses 
and uh, my dad or my contractor is going to inspect the house. Um, personal real estate corporations and errors and emissions uh, insurance. We'll talk about that. And one that comes up uh, from time to time as well is uh, a bank mortgage advisor versus a mortgage broker. So those are all interesting things and, and uh, all things that we need to help educate our clients with. So this is always a funny one, Jen. You want to start off the top or you want me to start at the top with homes and bathtubs? Uh, no, I can start at the top. And our goal today is to try and keep it under two minutes a topic because <laughs> not our strong suit, Gary. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for sure. So the question is, does my house need to have a bathtub in it? So my quick take on that is yes, yes it does. Um, coming from the perspective of a having a child, but also just what buyers are looking for from a real from a resale point of view, you know, um, buyers traditionally want that tub specifically for the kids, right? Could you buy it, and would there be a buyer out there that doesn't need one? Absolutely, hundred percent. But you're you're limiting your demographic if you approach it that way. So. Um, yeah, that's that's the short and sweet answer. Yes, your house needs a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's my answer too. Yes, yes, yes. Um, now, granted, there's there's different conversations or different questions that can go along with that. If this is a home that you're going to be in for 15 years, okay, slightly different conversation. But I, I remember purchasing a home and they thought they were going to be there for an awful long time and they sold it two years later. They right. also ripped out both bathtubs. And in that, in that two years, they also had a newborn baby. <laughs> and, and I asked Jen this question yesterday and she kind of gave me that funny look. Could you give your nine month old, you know, a shower? Mm, probably not. Could you get, try giving, not your, well. try giving your two year old a shower or, or this, I know Dina, Dina's got young kids as well. You know, giving your three year old a shower, mm, it's not going to end well. Right. And, and yeah. For, for for not that reason or that reason only, um, you know, it's all about the resale value and and doing things that that help that, but also you know knowing how it's going to add, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm running out of time. Uh, comfort in your own home. That's it. So first, no, don't get rid of bathtubs. And time's up. We did it, Jen. <laughs> Nailed it. We all did right. it. All right, let's cue up the next one. Sellers at yeah. open houses. Do you want your seller at an open house? Their Ooh. open house. I should preface. At their own open house. Absolutely not. I mean, that is just awkward for everybody, right? Like it's awkward for me as the agent. It's awkward for anybody in the house. I mean, I'm I'm assuming they perhaps the other people don't know that they're the seller, or are they are they obviously the seller in this situation? Or either or. Yeah. They... Either way, it's bad. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Do you remember? Do you remember the objection objection you gave me yesterday for that? <laughs> I do. I believe it was something along the lines of um, "That's like going on a date, and then your mom is there." Yes. <laughs> that's what that's like. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. I know. I lost our counter on that. I meant to play a, a sound bite, but I lost the counter. That's okay. <laughs> the only here's the only time I know I got about. 15 seconds. Here's the only time yeah. I've ever um, invited a seller to go to the open house. And that was during a launch party of some um, custom homes that I was selling. 
And we thought it would be cool that the builder, who was also the seller, was there just to meet and greet people, answer any questions that way. But from from the perspective of selling, um, <laughs> I got sidetracked. Hang on, Michelle, date the mom too. That that is a different topic, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> and maybe we'll bring you on for that topic. I don't know what topic that is, yeah. but uh, too funny. Yeah, there you go. She'll be one of our guests viewers we'll talk about that <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good but that's such a funny um funny objection jen i like that one okay uh yeah. put the timer back up there my dad will inspect the house or my contractor or close buddy he's a contract he's, he's going to inspect the house what's what say you there yeah i mean i mean that's always a tricky one right because you don't you don't necessarily want to offend the person that um, is inspecting the house or that they want to inspect the house, but you also need to do your due diligence in making sure that they're, they're covered properly and they have the right knowledge and the right information. And also from our pr perspective, you know, making sure that we're not liable if that a person doesn't know what they're talking about and doesn't give them the right information. It can also lead to lack of knowledge can lead to, you know, challenges with understanding a situation which can in inevitably lead to a deal falling apart when it doesn't need to. Right. So um, it's not an ideal situation. Navigating it is, is kids clubs, right? Super tricky. You have to be conscious of what script you're going to use and, and how you're going to explain to them that, that might not be in their best interest. Um, but yeah, we get this all. I've, I've had this a million times, right? My yeah. dad, my brother, my cousin. Yeah. Yeah. It comes, it comes up often. And I would, you know, the flat out answer is no, you know, seek to understand, ask questions why, so you can provide the information on why not. And the why not is, can be a couple of things is one, if there is something wrong and legitimately wrong with the home and we as the buyer's agent need to go back to the seller and renegotiate. It's a lot easier and you have a lot more oomph to stand on uh, if you have an inspection report or a, a licensed inspector, certified inspector came in and did that inspection for mm -hmm. you as opposed to just some contractor, my dad, my whomever. The other piece is these, this goes back to your buyer consult and making sure you're having the right conversations well before you're putting in offers and looking at houses and setting that expectation. We're times out. We're, we're doing this, Jen. We're staying in time. Yeah. We're staying in we're doing time. Good. good, good, good. Okay, next one. Uh, your personal real estate corporation doesn't require error and emissions insurance. Um, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one, Jen. Mm -hmm. The answer is no. And does it require sometimes other types of insurance? Perhaps. But for errors and emissions insurance, it does not. And here's the simple reason why. You, the licensed realtor or the registrant here in Ontario, you're the one that holds the license and you are the one that is trading in real estates. The PREC, as we like to call it, does not trade in real estate. Therefore, it does not require errors and emissions insurance. All it is, is an entity that you have allowed to, to receive commission uh, commissions from your brokerage for. That's it. What you do within that PREC and holding other investment, um, 
uh, properties or other investments or, or what it, what that does, that's a different conversation. But from an error and emissions uh, perspective, no, you and through uh, being a member of RICO and the other members here in Canada, uh, we have our error and emissions covered that way. So that's the way to look at it. That's it. Nice. That was a great explanation. I've never heard it explained quite that succinctly. Nicely done. <laughs> Good. I'm glad we are we are recording this because I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Okay, next one. Um, let me pause this because we had extra time. Uh, bank mortgage advisor. So the the advisor at your bank versus a mortgage broker. Who would you rather your client work with, Jen? Oh, yeah. Um, mortgage broker for me. Um, and I, and I can give a great example as to why. So I was, I was taught this a while ago and I've used it to explain to my clients, the difference, the main difference, and that is being the reach that they have in regard to your application, right? So mortgage brokers can, they have their different connections and they can submit your application to multiple sources, private lenders, B lenders, um, a lenders, the whole gambit, and you get the most exposure and therefore the best opportunity to get the best rate. When it comes to a bank advisor, um, they're basically working in boxes. So they have that they can sell and your clients or you, you're, you have to fit into the box in order to qualify. And if you don't fit into the box, you don't fall under their category of low risk. And so then you kind of get either they don't want to lend with you or they're going to charge you a higher interest rate um, or they're going to require more money down or additional protocols. And it's just a lot more challenging and you're limiting your opportunity and your the, the exposure you can get to getting yourself the best deal. So for me, it's mortgage broker. Nailed it. Yeah. And for, for all the reasons you just said, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And, and, <laughs> They mortgage brokers have more flexibility on who they can talk to and where they talk to. And I, I can't remember if you said this or not, Jen, so I apologize, but just even accessing them, if it's at eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night, they're there, they're there and they're happy to answer your questions. And, and that's a big part of it too. So working with a mortgage yeah. broker that understands your client's needs, especially if we're talking about buying investment properties and that sort of thing, uh, that is hugely important. And, and knowing th what the end game is. So yes, work, please work with a mortgage broker. There are great mortgage advisors out there. Don't get me wrong. There are also yeah. amazing mortgage brokers out there. Work with them. Good stuff. Jen, we did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we got through the quick that's takes. I like it. I know. That's a big deal. Everyone else doesn't know this, but that for us is a big deal. It's the first time we've done it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, Good stuff. So, yeah, we we got lots of stuff done on on the show today, and uh, do reach out to Stevie via Instagram or, of course, on TikTok. You'll you can be one of the million viewers now on her TikTok channel. That is still mind blowing. That'll be one of the first things I do Unreal. after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My phone is over there. I'm like, okay, I want to go watch her video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So all great stuff. Oh, and yes, yeah. we'll be back next week at the same time, same bat channel, as they used to say. I don't know what they say now, but that's <laughs> what they used to say. Same TikTok channel. Maybe that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So uh, for Jen Silbernagel, I'm Gary McGowan at Keller Williams Realty Centers, and we will look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. Bye.